This is Jenny. This is Christian. And you're listening to Shaped. Well, hello, Jenny. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Christian? I'm doing really well. Really excited to uh, be back together and to be kind of switching topics a little bit. We're going to do some episodes here where we talk about COVID life and the way that we have been shaped by life in the midst of this pandemic. And And, you know, we've been kind of thinking through um, just the things that happen in our world that we are a part of, whether we like it or not, and the ways that that kind of changes the type of people that we are. And certainly COVID is one of those. Like we could just say right up front, we are different people today than we were eight months ago when this whole thing started. And some of that is good and some of that is bad. Um, But we want to just kind of take a step back and consider the ways that this season has shaped us and what does that mean for the kinds of people that Jesus wants to make us into. Absolutely. So today it is going to be just us kind of talking through our experiences, talking through how we've seen the Lord move over the last eight months, kind of personally and in ministry. Um, But as the weeks ahead come, we are going to be talking with some other folks that have had different experiences. We're up to different things within sort of the pandemic living up to this point. And so we realize that we are just actively in the midst of this thing. And so Really, our posture in this is just to say we are learning and we are learning from each other as we go, realizing that there is just a season ahead of this as well, um, where we aren't sure when things will change or look differently. But we are not experts coming into this. We're just learning truly from one another, from each other, as we kind of try to figure out how to do this thing, how to do this thing well. Um, So yeah, we, in the intro episode, we're able to share generally what we've been up to for the last eight or so months, Um, but we haven't had the chance to share how we found out that the world was shutting down. Do you want to take that, Christian? I would love to. Yeah. I mean, probably like many of you, we were on an NLCF spring break trip Mm -hmm. when all this kind of uh, began to shut down. And, and so we were leading the RV trip down in Big Bend in, in Texas, and this is a remote part of the world, um, and there's very little cell signal. And so as the news started to break about things that were happening in the world, and more importantly, in our case, things that were happening with the university, we were just getting like little snippets at a time, and that was really tough, um, I think, but... Um, it, it was kind of actually nice to be in Big Bend in this place where there was kind of no service because once we got the news, we were able to kind of like process it together. We all had our, we had all the feels, um, and, you know, everyone was able to contact their families and stuff. And then like the cell service went away and we were, we were just there and able to kind of be present and enjoy our last few days. But it was very weird kind of getting back in the car to drive back to Virginia, knowing that like we're in the middle of nowhere and it's probably pretty safe here. And we're going back to a place where we have COVID um, and we don't know what that looks like. Yeah. So yeah, wild time. <laughs> it really was. So Jenny, as you like have walked through this season, these past eight months, what has, what has surprised you, um, from the COVID times? Yes. I feel like one thing that kind of, um, came to the surface really quickly was just how much I tend to rely on my intuition and like being in person for things. I feel like there are just ways like cues within a room or like ways people are talking or just like directing their attention that can really help me like understand people and all of that for the most part is lost on zoom where I feel like someone may 
like I might interpret someone on Zoom as being like super sad and they're like, no, I'm just listening. <laughs> so I feel like I had to recalibrate the way I would kind of read, um, read other people or read the room, which honestly was really hard um, to do that fully online. As well as I feel like um, just I think I've been surprised kind of in a more positive way about like the creativity of other people and really just choosing to love others well. I remember we were driving home and going through, I think, San Antonio. And it kind of hit me that we'd probably be in quarantine during my birthday. And I was so sad about it. And like, I had no idea we we're going to be in quarantine for everyone's birthday <laughs> coming up. <laughs> but I remember that day, um, Jeanette just organized some folks to come out and, and hang out for a little bit, kind of spread out. And I just remember feeling so loved in that moment or even... We got to celebrate Robbie's birthday, just doing a picnic in his front yard or even, I know Liz, um, Maddie and Taylor kind of organized like a Zoom tea, like they dropped biscotti off at people's houses and then had a Zoom link. And so we all kind of had a tea together, which was really fun. I also feel like um, I really do love change. I feel like (laughs) a bit fatigued at it, like at this point um, when it comes to change, (laughs) but I think initially I was... I was surprised at how, in a way, like energizing it was to be like, we have these new things to think through and consider and and work out. Um, So yeah, I think even if that in the long term has really had some effects on just like my positive outlook in that sense, I think initially I was just like, man, like there's so much new stuff happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that was, yeah, that was a surprise. How about you, Christian? What surprised you? I mean, I can totally relate to that kind of like, okay, there's so many things to figure out and that's very exciting. Um, I think what has surprised me is, I guess this shouldn't come as a surprise, but there are so many things that I've just noticed that I like have taken for granted Mm -hmm. that obviously right now are either reduced or just totally non-existent. Like, I mean, our house is typically just full of people all the time, even sometimes when we're not there. And, um, and so I've just, I've missed that. Um, I've missed sharing meals with people. I've missed having like our Maroon fam folks, um, over all the time. I've missed, um, like the casual fun where it's like, Hey, we're, we're, some people are going to go do this. Like you want to come? Um, that just, there's no, there's nothing casual that happens right now. Everything is very intentional. Um, I've missed smash club. Um, oh, we have, we have gotten to do it virtually, but I miss being all in the room together. I missed Saturdays in lane stadium. But, um, and so I think just recognizing how many things I have taken for granted, um, that surprised me. Um, but I think on a sort of on a deeper level, like the thing that's been surprising is that I'm, I feel like I'm a type of person who has a, a picture of like the road that lies ahead of us. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how we're going to get there, but this is where we're going. Um, I can see what God is doing out in front of us. And that is just not possible right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're on top of a mountain and we are like surrounded by fog and, um, and it's really impossible to see past tomorrow. And I think that that has been a real challenge for me. It's been really stretching for me. And, um, and then even in those things that like we do understand, okay, this is happening. Um, we're having to think about how do we do some of the most basic things. Like at first it was like, how is it okay to go to the grocery store? Like we're having to think about how to go to the grocery store. Um, and so just getting worn down much more quickly, I think realizing that like I'm fueled by that sort of just 
casual fun all the time. And that's because I'm having to think through, okay, is everyone safe? Is everyone like, are we observing all of the right practices and all these things? Everything just feels less fun. And that has, um, I don't think I would have ever anticipated that to be honest, like at the beginning of the, of the time I thought, um, I don't know what this is going to look like, but there's this big open canvas and it can be filled with so many things. Um, and it seems like, yes, it has been filled with so many things. A lot of the things that you were just talking about, I think have been really cool and really beautiful to be honest. Um, but I do just think everything feels less fun and that is not something that I remotely expected. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are a lot of barriers to doing things that we would have never thought twice about previously. For sure. For sure. Um, How would you say like you have just seen community kind of show up in this season? Like how, you know, or this is a shaped podcast. How, how has community shaped you in this time where either it's been much harder to be with people or um, it's just been reduced in some way? Um, How would you say that community has shaped you? Yeah, totally. I think community has done just a real shaping in terms of joy in this season um, of one of the few things, especially over the summer that we were doing in person was just helping renovate the new building, um, 1521. And so I remember before Meg went to staff training, we were like pulling up carpet in the kids barn, which was just a disaster. It was the hardest, like easily the hardest thing renovation wise I ever got into, but it was so much fun just like laughing with her and just like enjoying being together, even if it was doing something that we probably wouldn't you know, pick on a normal day. Um, or even, I know like we got to paint the office together. Yes. You were quite critical of my, (laughs) which honestly is fair, (laughs) but hurtful. (laughs) You, you know where you're at when it comes to (laughs) self-awareness is key. (laughs) But yeah, I remember that day just like, just getting to chat and be like, this is what I'm thinking through. Or like, this is what, you know, has been helpful for me. Um, it really was just so much fun. I think too, I got to lead um, an engaged group over the summer with Shay, which I really just enjoyed. Like, I'm not sure there's another opportunity um, that we would have done that together. But I think just to have that like consistency of going to engage group, knowing that people are going to be interested, going to be willing to have conversations, um, really was such an anchoring touch point over the summer of every Sunday kind of gathering up. So I feel like really just helping kind of shape joy as well as just helping truly share stories in this time because I feel like at times I would be like I I feel like maybe I'm following a thread of what the Lord is doing or like maybe I'm grasping or seeing a way that he is at work and so to have other people just be really quick to call that out or other people to say hey this is how I'm seeing him show up for me or this is what um I feel like Tab would always just share incredible stories about the Lord moving through her social media and that was just encouraging to hear of like even if it doesn't seem the way I thought it would or it has in the past Lord, you're still at work. You're still doing things. Um, So count us in for that. So yeah, I think sharing stories and really just like developing joy um, has been so huge in this season. But I feel like along with that, like along with kind of the joy piece of how we have seen the Lord move, there's also been like a lot of pain um, and even maybe more, more distinctly, like a lot of uncertainty within the season that we're currently in. So 
even in that, and I think we both would say we don't feel like the pandemic has been a good thing in terms of the health of other people um, or just in general in the world. And yet we can say that the Lord is at work even in unfavorable circumstances. So yeah, what would you say, Christian, that you have seen the Lord grow or produce within that uncertainty that we've experienced? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, strange as it may be, like, if I take a step back this season of uncertainty and difficulty um, has been one of the times, like, most clearly the Lord has been at work in my life. Um, and it's certainly, like, this where these places where we are kind of, like, stripped uh, stripped bare where like so many of the things that we enjoy or even just take for granted, like are, they're not there or they're harder. Um, you know, that's a place of difficulty that we would never choose, but, um, is actually a really great place for us to be in terms of it causing us to just cry out to the Lord, Lord, we need you. Um, and so I've just seen that in this season. And I think one of the things really, even before, COVID happened, one of the things that the Lord was really working on me in is um, the thing that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12. He's talking about this thorn that is in his side, and he says, um, you know, God replies to him. He's asking God to take away this thorn. We're not sure what the thorn is, but um, this difficulty, he's asking God, take it away, take it away. And, and God responds and says, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, so I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. When I'm, and then he goes on to say, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Like, like the Lord is strong in me. And I think that um, that is a totally foreign concept to our world and is definitely like it felt like a lie to me, honestly. Like, I mean, I could, I could intellectually assent to, okay, it's in the Bible. I'm with you, Paul. But for that to actually be true. Yeah. Be um, true in you. Yeah. So I think that's something that had been kind of on my radar, even heading into this season, but in this time where we are so aware of our weaknesses, the Lord has, I think, used this season to, um, to show me that that verse is actually true, that the, that passage is actually true, that in these moments where I am weak, I'm at the end of myself, I'm grieving, I don't have energy, I can't see what's coming down the road, I can't help people in the way that I'd like to, um, that those are, are times where God's power and presence is most clearly seen. Um, and so I wouldn't say I've like fully arrived on that, but I think that it's something that he's shown me. I think alongside just this reality that um, I desperately desire to be self-sufficient, to have control. Um, those two things kind of go together. And um, and so when I'm in this season where I'm not self-sufficient, where I don't have control, you know, there's just this, I'm freaking out. Um, at the beginning of COVID, like I'm, I'm having this huge internal like upheaval of like, I don't have these things that I know that I desperately want. And I think that plays out across my life, but this was just a really clear um, area where that kind of happened. And God has just met me in that and said, you don't remotely need to be in control or self-sufficient. Like actually it's better there. Your power, my power is more clearly demonstrated when you're not like that. Um, And so I think that's something that's going to echo out really throughout my life 
down the road. Like the Lord is at work in this season. I was reminded recently, um, NC Wright, he was writing about this experience of the pandemic. And he said that, um, the church began amidst tears, locked doors and doubts. And he talks about like, you know, um, Mary crying at the tomb and, and that those tears being turned to joy and Jesus entering into the upper room that was locked, just being there among them and Thomas doubting. This is where the church began. And that is really resonant for us right now. And yet that is the thing that kind of launched the church out into the world that God's people spread and multiplied everywhere they went. God's kingdom came more fully and it all began in the midst of tears, locked doors and doubts. Um, and so that has been something that like I would have thought that's really great. That's a, that's a nice warm thought before this season, but in this season I'm like, no, yes, that is exactly where we want to be. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. Well, Christian, I feel like, one, I feel like that is so relatable, so applicable in this season. And I think something I'm curious about is like, was there a moment that you can like clearly describe that you're like, this was the moment when I felt like the Lord put this before me or like the Lord started to press this into me? Mm. Mm, that's a great question. I I think that for me, so all of, <laughs> one of the things that's been happening over the course of this season is... Um, is that Meg has been raising support to come full time on her staff team and support raising, you know, is a wild process. I've gotten the the great privilege of having not one, but two support raising seasons, neither of which have gone well, surely because I haven't handled them well, not because the Lord's not good or anything. I've just handled them really poorly. And so for me, that was like this, this thing that was happening in this season that really was a point of, of like, focus um where all of the stuff surrounding second corinthians 12 like came to a head it's like you're not this is a place where you're not in control you're especially not in control right now because who the heck knows what um raising support in the middle of a pandemic is going to look like um and yet that's actually not a bad thing um if you'll just if you'll just trust me if you'll just believe that my power is actually made perfect in this point that you are so clearly weak, so clearly broken. Um, and so that has been something where over the course of this season, God has just provided for us so abundantly and it's been incredible. And a lot of that hasn't even been like, I haven't necessarily been involved in all of it. Meg has largely done the, the line share of it. And I think I felt some shame about that. Even of like, I should be the one, I should be the one doing this. And God's like, no, no, no you're not doing it. She's not doing it. I am doing it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that really brought it into focus and was a moment that I realized, okay, this is what you're doing. God, I'm going to try and go with you. Uh, I hope I can. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Almost like backed into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I've never, I've, I'm not probably quite wise enough to uh, just embrace the difficulty and say, God, I know you got this. Come on. Um, yeah, not quite there yet. Man, that's awesome. Gosh. So from that like initial moment moving forward, do you feel like there have been some ways that you're like, this has been really helpful in sinking this deeper into my soul, mm. this truth? Just confessing, just confessing it over yeah. every day. Just saying, God, like I, I desired to be self-sufficient, to be in control. I desire to have, have it all together and to be seen as having it all mm. together. Um, that has been a like 
a, the, the one of the things that I will confess on a daily basis as I sit down with the Lord in the morning, as I'm praying through my normal kind of liturgy, there's a point of confession. And it's like every day I know I'm going to confess. Here's a way that I tried to be in control, that I tried to be self-sufficient, um, that I tried to do things in my own power, um, that I tried to appear like I had it all together. And, um, and, I, and so I think like just coming back to that every day and not only like voicing it, but then allowing the Lord to just like meet me in that and say, yeah, I know. And, um, I'm not angry about it, but I got a lot more for you if you'll just let me do it. So, um, that's been a kind of a, a way that I've tried to lean into it a little bit. It's just that daily sort of confession, um, not only to the Lord, but also to other people and say like, Hey, this is a thing that I'm wrestling with. That I'm struggling with. I'm seeing in myself that I don't want to be there. Um, yeah, yes. those things have been really helpful. Yeah, I love that idea, Christian. Just I feel like the honesty to say that and the on like the awareness and maybe tenacity to keep coming back to it of like I may never graduate <laughs> from feeling this way. Like I might always find myself here, and that doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means that I'm learning this more fully. Um, of I do feel like just that idea of like the Lord uses the foolish foolish things to shame the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. Um, and so if I feel weak and if I feel even at times a little bit foolish, like I'm not going to pretend I'm strong because I'm weak and I'm not going to pretend to pull myself up by my bootstraps because I'm not even sure like if I'm wearing shoes right now. <laughs> and so I just feel like to say like, Lord, I'm going to be faithful in my weakness and I'm going to be faithful in my limitations. And if what you say like is actually true, then coming just as I am is going to be enough. Yeah. And I, yeah, I feel like that, that changes everything yeah. to not just know that, but to like know it within yourself. For sure. For sure. I think like, you know, just saying like, there, I shouldn't be surprised that I'm broken um, or that I'm weak. Um, I bet I'm almost like guaranteed the Lord says that you're going to have these things. Um, but just come on, come on with me. So, so yeah. What would you say to that? What what is what has God produced in you in the midst of the pain and uncertainty? Yeah, I do feel like uncertainty is really hard, um, just in general, but especially in just the world we live in. Um, and so I feel like in the uncertainty, the Lord is just producing within me a peace, even within it, like even at times despite it. Um, of I love like there's a a church that I love, Bridgetown Church in Portland, and they just have kind of like a couple daily podcasts. And one of the things um, their pastor, John Mark Comer, was saying was like, most people prefer the certainty of misery to the misery of uncertainty. And <laughs> I mean, I think just to be like, I would not pick uncertainty on my own volition. And yet we have been like <laughs> thrust into an eight month and continuing just season of it. And so I feel like that chronic uncertainty um, really does take a lot of courage to face that. And so I think... Yeah, I mean, I think just the Lord is producing and growing within me truly a sense of confidence that he will work um, in a way that I may, yeah, I probably wouldn't have claimed prior to this season. Um, and even just like working when I feel very out of control, I think has been a big thing of I think certainty and control tend to be kind of linked um, as ideas of even even people saying like, 
we're going to have a vaccine at this time, or we're not going to have a vaccine at this time, or we're going to reopen then, or we're going to, you know, it's going to be two and a half years, whatever it is. I'm like, all of those things are ideas and predictions, but also they're all just focusing on regaining certainty at the end of the day, even to say like, the world will never be different. I'm like, yeah, it might not. But even that is just like a grasping at certainty. And so just to say, even if I'm fully out of control, <laughs> like the Lord's been very gracious to strip me of that idol um, in this season. And just to say, like, wait patiently and sit quietly and get really, really attached to me. Um, and so I feel like if I can get there now, then I can carry that with me um, the rest of my life. And so I feel like even even throughout the different stages of reopening, I'm like, cling into certainty <laughs> and then I find it like I refind it in my hands and I'm like oh no <laughs> and so yeah I think I think he just has been really faithful to be like uh, like I'm growing you even if you can't see it and even if you can't sense it just have a confidence in me um where I know one thing our friend J.R. Briggs says on one of his podcasts is like you can pick control or you can pick growth but you can't have both and I feel like that stings. <laughs> like I would really like to hold both um, if I'm being, you know, fully honest. But I think one of the verses that just keeps coming back to me is the message translation um, of one of the Beatitudes of blessed are those at the ends of their rope where there is less of you, there is more of God. And I feel like that, man, like I, on my own inclination, wouldn't say, you know where I feel blessed when I'm right at the edge of myself. <laughs> and yet in, in this you know, upside down kingdom. That's what God is saying to us of like, allow me to work, allow me in and, and I will lead you to blessing. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so good. I think, I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about the Lord cultivating this peace in you. Um, because I think that anyone who knows you would say that you carry this peaceful presence with you that you've always have far before the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, this, it made me think about like, you know, John 15 of like this gardener who comes up and this, all the tree, the, the branches that produce fruit, he trims, he prunes so that they might bear more fruit. And I think maybe like a way that, that the Lord is at work and you is like, this is a thing, a place where you, you are bearing fruit. Um, but if I'll cut, if I cut this back in this season and just so we're clear, the Lord did not cause this pandemic, um, but is it work in it? And so like, if I just cut this back, it can grow back stronger. Um, and, and you can see me work in this way that you wouldn't have apart from that. And man, that is just a, such good news. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you, Christian. <laughs> I think it's painful to be pruned. Yes, but <laughs> it is. Count me in. Oh, well, you're you're braver than me if you're saying count me in. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. So, kind of along, like, sort of a similar, a similar theme, Christian. Like, are there any spiritual practices that you leaned into during this time? Yeah, un unwillingly, I would say. <laughs> there, there's one in particular, um, and that is the practice of lament. Um, that is a word that is foreign to us. Um, the fact that there's a whole book of the Bible called Lamentations <laughs> that's just about lamenting something um, seems is hard. Like, what do we do with this? 
But this is like such a central practice really throughout the history of God with his people. Um, but I think so crucial for us right now. Um, and um, N.T. Wright, he, he has this book, God in the Pandemic, that he's kind of written um, over the last couple months. And um, he says, rejoice with those who rejoice, Paul said, and weep with those who weep. And he, and he says, yes, and the world is weeping right now. And so the initial calling of the church, first and foremost, is to take our place humbly among the mourners. And that is something that, like, is really hard for me. Like, I am a person who will absolutely run from any pain. It, it, those of you who know anything about the Enneagram, I'm a seven. My, that means my base fear is pain. <laughs> and so I will do anything to avoid pain. But I think just the Lord has said in the season, like, don't run from it. I am at work, not like just through, I don't want to just get you through this, but I'm actually at work in the pain. And so lament is a way that we kind of, um, engage the Lord in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our uncertainty. Um, and, and kind of the way that we might look at it, we'll give some practicals, but I think like one thing that's really important for us is that like we can tend to view God, especially in this season as this really distant God, who's kind of pulling the strings from on high. Um, that is not the picture of God that we get in the Bible. That's stuff that we brought in from culture. Um, the picture of God that we get in the Bible in the midst of tragedy is John 11, right? Where Jesus um, is is going to Bethany to his some of his dearest friends, um, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Lazarus has died. Um, he got sick and he died. And everyone's blaming Jesus for it. And he knows that there's going to be something that he does with it. He, we know he's going to resurrect Lazarus from 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 the dead but before any of that he comes to Mary and she says Lazarus is dead and if you had been here then it, it wouldn't have happened and rather than saying I've got this Mary don't worry he just cries and like our God is a God who weeps with us um, that as the world as our world right now is in meltdown like we need to see this picture of God that God himself is in tears with us and um, even though, yes, he's, he's, um, he is king, yes, he's reigning, he is in tears with us. And so we enter in with him in that. And, and so a couple of psalms that I want to just kind of direct us to is um, Psalm 137. This is a psalm that comes um, as the people of Israel have been exiled into slavery in Babylon and um, it starts out and it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors asked us for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Um, man, this really connects with us. Like They're finding themselves in the midst of this place that they do not recognize, that is not what they would have chosen, is really hard. And... Um, and they're trying, they've written this psalm, the song about not being able to write a song, a song. They're like, we couldn't even write a song. They couldn't even lament in the way that they wanted to. Um, but they they find themselves there. And so I think that, um, this is a place, this is resonant with me. It has been in this season of like, man, I'm by the waters of COVID. Um, and there I sat down and there I wept. Um, when I thought about 
the things that we've lost. Um, and so I kind of, uh, another quote from N.T. right here, he says, perhaps this is part of the way in which we are being called right now to be people of lament, lamenting even the fact that we can't lament in the way that we would normally prefer. We need to explore those questions and the new dis disciplines that they demand in whatever ways we can. Perhaps this too is simply to be accepted as part of life in Babylon. We must, as Jeremiah said, settle down into this regime and, and seek the welfare of the city where we are right in the midst of this COVID season. But he says, yet let us not pretend that this is where we want to be. Let us not forget Jerusalem. Let us not decide to be here. And and so I think when we think that, like, you know, we, we read that, we might think like, well, we just want to get back to the way that things were before. And, and that's not the point that he's making. He's saying that there is something better for us down the road, that the Lord is at work. And though we may weep now, God is at work far beyond that. And we embrace that work right here in the midst of it. And so I think Psalm 137 and Psalm 44, I would think of Psalm 44 as a great model for us in this season of how do we lament. It starts off by like the psalmist recounting God's past deeds, his promises, his faithfulness, the way that he has just shown up for his people. And then it turns to some really raw stuff, like really just grief, anger there. I mean, you can almost imagine the psalmist like yelling at God and ending with this appeal. Um, God, rescue us. God, save us. God, put an end to our suffering. Um, these are all things that I think are, are really helpful for us to do. So if we were to go to God and, and praise him for the things that he's done in the past, um, for the things that we know to be true of him, his care for us, his faithfulness, but then to just express, this is where I'm at. Um, would you save me, God? Would you end our suffering? Man, that has been something that has been really helpful for me. And I think God has, has um, I've seen God be that God who weeps far more. And now I know that like my father, that's, that's who he is, that he cares for me in that way, that he comes alongside me, that he's not detached from me. He's met me in the midst of that pain. And, um, and so I think it's, it's not just been a thing of, um, let's just get through this, but God is revealing himself to me, his heart for me. And he's kind of built this hope in me over the course of the season as I've lamented. Um, yeah, I know that's a lot, but lament. No. Spend some time lamenting. Yeah, I totally appreciate that, Christian. I feel like um, even just to pick lamenting over picking, continuing just to fill the time that we have can be a hard thing to do where it's so much easier to turn to entertainment to just fill the empty spaces. Um, but I do really resonate with um, the N.T. Wright quote of saying, we're lamenting the fact that we can't even lament in the way that we normally would, where I just, man, that has been a thing yeah. for sure. Where I'm like, I just want to be sad together, Yeah, you know? And that would feel like it would change something or that I'm doing something to be helpful in this season. And yet it's like, <laughs> we can be sad on a Zoom call. It's like if we could just know? hug each other, it, right. you know, we could at least hug and cry it out together. Right. But. Just express, you know, at the very least in the way that we would normally. And yet that strips back from us too. No, I think those are really helpful just kind of frameworks to consider lamenting, um, yeah, as we move forward in this season. So I think it's really good. Gosh, okay. So if we suspend reality just a little bit <laughs> and pretend, or maybe not pretend, maybe there will be a day. There will be a day. Yes, there will be a day when things 
reopen in the way that we have anticipated that we have been looking forward to. Okay. So when that day comes, Christian, what's on your list? Yes. Two things. Number one, I just want to have everyone over to our house um, <laughs> for a big meal. Um, everybody bring something. Um, you know, maybe we'll, I, I've enjoyed hanging out outside some, so we'll hang out outside some, but we won't be freaking out about sitting around the table from one another. Um, just have a big meal. And then like, I want to go somewhere. I, um, you know, have, have missed traveling. Um, we've enjoyed being in Blacksburg, but I've just missed traveling. So, um, want to watch some baseball, um, go see the Red Sox play in person. I'd love to go see, uh, our niece and, and brother and sister-in-law up in Canada. Um, want to go somewhere. Um, I'm not particular about where, but yeah. let's just, let's just go somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm doing on day one. What about you? That's awesome. Day one, I'm coming to your house. Hey, beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to come to your meal. bring something, all right? <laughs> I got you. I won't show up empty handed. Um, but yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll come to your house, eat with you and Meg, Johnny, and I would love that. And then I just want to fly somewhere. I take your travel and I up it to a flight. <laughs> I want to get on a plane <laughs> with strangers and just go to a concert, <laughs> just be in a sea of people I've never met before and will never see again. Um, that sounds like fun to me. Or even just go to Target <laughs> and talk to strangers. Okay. <laughs> That'll be a blast. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, that's on the schedule for me. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, as we kind of start to wrap up a little bit here, uh, we want to give you some resources and some questions to kind of keep processing the things that we've talked about and the things that you've experienced over the course of um, the past eight months. And so, Jenny, do you want to share about a podcast that's been a blessing to us over the course of the season? Absolutely. Steve Cuss's podcast, Managing Leadership Anxiety, has been so helpful in this season and just even previously. Um, he is a pastor in Denver whose kind of area of work and study is just helping people to manage their own internal anxiety so that they can be a peaceful and calm and capable, um, effective presence wherever they go. So every week he releases interviews and just has tons of helpful tools and ideas um, that really in this season have been so crucial um, personally to navigate all of the just ambient anxiety that we're walking in. So Steve Cuss's podcast, Managing Leadership Anxiety is a big one. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would say like, regardless of whether you're a leader or not, this is, <laughs> I mean, in a season of anxiety on various fronts, um, there's just so many helpful things that he has on there. So check that out for sure. We'll post that in the show notes. Um, we also just have some questions to kind of help us continue processing this. And so the first is how have you been shaped positively and negatively so far by the pandemic? Um, you know, we talked about this right off the top, like we are different people today than we were when we first started out at back in March. And so how are we different? What is different in our lives today? And as we consider that, the second question of like, what do we want from that to remain? Um, and what do we want to change? What do we look at with the things that have, the way we've been shaped over the course of the season? And we say, this is really good. Like this has, has been something that the Lord has actively used to, to grow something in me, to make me more like Jesus. And what do we look at? And we say, this is something that we need to let go of. Um, and so consider that. And then lastly, again, this, this question might be a little bit weird off the start, but just bear with me. So the question is, is it about running the race or is it about finishing the race? And the reason we say that is because in this season, it may feel like um, I, I'm just looking to the finish line. If I can just keep going long enough to get to the finish line, 
then I'll be okay. But the reality is we don't know when the finish line is. And even if we did know how much further we have to run in the midst of this season, we can kind of miss out on the things that the Lord is doing right here in the midst of the uncertainty and the difficulty and the pain and the fear. The Lord is at work. And so we want to embrace this season. So consider, are you thinking about finishing the race? Or are you thinking about just being on this run um, and embracing what God is doing here in our midst? So consider those questions this week. Those will also be in the show notes. As we wrap up, we do want to just announce we're going to be doing another giveaway this week. And so if you share our podcast on your Instagram story and tag at NLCFnet, then you will be entered to win the prize of a hacky sack. Yes, we are going to be giving away a hacky sack this week. Meg and I got really into hacky sack over the course of uh, quarantine. We would just spend hours in the yard, and so as much as it has blessed us, we thought we might bless you with a hacky sack as well. Whether you are someone who can stall the hacky sack on the back of your neck or you have never even touched a hacky sack, I promise that give it a little bit of time. You're going to be a pro. You're going to be fun. Endless fun is in your future. So um, tag us in your Instagram story, and we will announce the winners at the end of the week. As we go, we do just want to leave you with a blessing as always. And so this week, may you know the sufficient grace of Jesus that meets you in the midst of your weakness, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of pain. May you know that grace. May you know the the power that surpasses understanding. May you know that when you are weak, then you are strong. For the Lord is most clearly, his power is most clearly demonstrated in the midst of our weakness. May you embrace the things that the Lord is doing in the midst of this season. Amen. Amen.